0: Amen. It's a blessing to be here and to um, worship. I was so touched and blessed with all the songs, but specifically, um, uh, let's see. Specifically, I think was it the second to the last, the one that was talking about how I was a wretch. I remember who I was. I was lost. I was blind. I was running out of time. Sin separated, the breach was far too wide, but from the far side of the chasm, you held me in your sight. So you made a a way across the great divide, left behind heaven's throne to build it here inside. And there at the cross, you paid the debt I owed, broke my chains and you freed my soul for the first time I had hope. And we know the chorus, um... And then it talks about, uh, the second verse, there is nothing stronger than the wonder-working power of the blood that calls us sons and daughters. We are ransomed by our Father through the blood. Um, Such beautiful, beautiful truths. I also want to uh, extend greetings to all of you and happy Father's Day. What a tremendous privilege it is to be fathers and also to be fathered. And when I was first thinking about sharing this morning, the first thing that was on my heart was along the lines of fathering as we have been fathered by our Heavenly Father. And I think there's a lot of good truths and good things in there, um, and maybe that will be for another day. But as I dug into that a bit, I felt like God wanted me to more focus on us as sons and as daughters of God, our Father. And so I believe that uh, in that, as we realize our sonship, as we realize who we are and who God is, I believe it will help us to be better fathers. So I trust that... Um, Whatever the case, we will be able to um, be better fathers because of this. Um, I know for many years, I really, really tried and wanted to be a good father. And I still really want to be a good father. But I believe that there were things in my own life and a lack of understanding of who I was as a son, and it hindered a lot of things uh, in my life and in even the way that I fathered. So we're going to look at uh, sonship and many, uh, just like many places in the Bible, when when we talk about sonship, it's including the ladies. Um, we're sons, we're daughters. And so uh, it's not, this is for everybody, it's not leaving anybody out this morning. You know, we sing different songs. One of them I thought of is, it says, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God, and I believe we we sing that and, and we mean it. But I think many times we don't maybe understand all the depths that is there for us as believers. Um, as we jump into what God laid on my heart, um, let's look at Galatians chapter 3. And I'm going to read... Um, I'm going to actually go right through the chapter division that was put in because it wasn't initially there. Um, Galatians 3 talks a lot about faith, the works, the law, the righteous living by faith, the law and the promise that uh, God promised to us. And then in verse 23, it says, now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned under There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he is under the guardians and managers until the date set by his father. Abba, Father, so you are no longer slaves, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. We'll pause reading there. Um, beautiful verses that speak about how things were in the past when we were under the law. But now, through faith in Jesus Christ, having been baptized, as it says, into Christ... We are no longer slaves to the law, but rather we are heirs through Jesus Christ. And uh, what a beautiful opportunity we have as believers today to not just be slaves, not just be servants, but actually be sons and daughters and heirs of this grace. Because we are sons, we have received the spirit of his son. Praise God for the Holy Spirit. And we can come crying, Abba Father. We can come boldly to him and we can call him our father. We're no longer slaves. And I believe that we can, uh, this is, you know, clearly speaking of the children of Israel, the Jewish people. But I believe that also many of us, as we found ourselves growing up as children, we were under many laws. You know, every family has rules. Don't jump on the bed. Don't slam the door. Whatever it might be. Don't eat more than four cookies or I don't know what the rule is. We all have grew up with certain things in our families as children. And I, and families need rules. Families need things that this is how we do it in this family. But I do believe now that we are adults and as believers, many times we kind of take on those so, those exact same thought processes, and we think, okay, and we read in God's word, and we, oh, okay, it says don't don't do what? What shouldn't I do? And over here it says don't do that, and over here it says don't do this, and we just make a long list of rules, and we find ourselves living way too much, like in the old covenant and under a law. But instead, God says, as believers, as we have. Entered into Christ and believed in Him and been baptized into Christ. Now there's not this division. There's not Jew. There's not Greek. There's not male. There's not female, but we all are heirs according to the promise through faith in Jesus Christ. And we now have the privilege to be, to be and to walk as sons. Um, it was very interesting to me to, to look into some of these different verses that talk about sonship, and um, there's places where it talks about us being children, and we are the children of God, uh, and that's great, but there are many places where it refers to, and I'm not going to try to dive into the depth of this, but several places uh, specifically where it talks about um, we as believers should be ready for meat, but instead we're still drinking milk. It talks about there. It talks about like we are infants. We are not fully matured. We're not actually full grown sons and so or daughters. And so we don't have all the rights um, to the kingdom or to being what comes as being a full grown son. And just just a little bit, it says. When we were under the law, we were infants. Or it says, the Greek, something similar to napios, meaning like an infant or maybe a toddler. But a toddler or an infant is not fully matured. They can't take over the family business. They can't run the family business. They're under tutors and governors, as it says. And so the Greek word there is infant or maybe toddler. Yes, it does belong to them, but they're not really ready to receive it all. And then it goes on, later on, it talks about how we are sons, and it's a different word, um, pronounced like huios, something like that. And it actually means like fully matured or a grown-up child or son. And so it's like normally... Uh, if a child, if a child inherits a great estate when they're a toddler, they don't know how to handle it. So maybe they, they put it into someone else's care to watch it until the time that the child has grown. And <clears throat> anyway, this morning I feel like many, many times we as believers, we stay in that infant stage. And yes, we are an heir, but we have not actually entered into, we have not actually received All that God has given us. That we are heirs, but we kind of are back here as as little children or toddlers trying to figure out all these little details of what should I touch? What should I not touch? What should, you know, all the the rules or the laws. And God says, actually, you are now full-grown sons and daughters. You now are mature. And I want you to take it to the next level. You now... Get to inherit all of these things, and I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be a God. I'm going to put my laws in your heart. As new as believers, we we don't need to stay in that infancy. We now can go on into the deeper things, um, on unto the the meat of God's word, and He's going to reveal that to us, and He's going to lead that, um, lead us in that. So we don't need to stay as infants or Napios. We need to move on and become full-grown children, full-grown sons that can inherit all of these things. And I'm not here to insult anybody and say you're acting like an infant, but I think sometimes we do. We just stay in our comfort zone. We stay, we feel good with these uh, laws and rules, and we don't go on and inherit all that God has given for us as sons. So I wanted to just differentiate between that because there's two different words that are used there And I think many times we just view it as the same thing But this morning are you a mature son and or a mature daughter? And are you at the place where you can inherit all the things that he has for you? And we know in jewish culture there was um, What they called bar mitzvah? Um, Sometimes they say it was 12. Sometimes they say it was 13 but right around that age where they went through a ceremony And young men became 100% full-grown men at that age. Do we have any 12 and 13-year-olds this morning here? Anybody 12 or 13? Yeah. So, I don't know, but that would sound like a big responsibility to be viewed as 100% a full-grown man at that age. And if you're older, then definitely you can be. And with that, you would inherit... Everything you you would be ready to inherit. You would be an heir, and you can receive all of that from your from your parents' estate. So, some some beautiful thoughts for this for us this morning. We are sons. We're no longer children, um, and we're not slaves, but rather we are sons, and we have the privilege to enter into sonship with God. Another verse I wanted to look at uh, was from Romans, Romans chapter 8 says, 8 verse 14 through 17, says, for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. As sons, by whom we cry, Abba Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our Spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. Again, just an amazing verse that speaks about if we are led by the Spirit, if we have given our life to Christ, We have the Holy Spirit inside of us, then we are no longer, we should no longer be going back into slavery or falling back into fear saying, oh man, I, I wonder if I'm doing it all right. I wonder if, did I forget one of the commands of God? No, rather we are now heirs and God has adopted us. Um, we have been, we have received the spirit of adoption, it says, as sons. Do we know who we are as sons this morning? Do we know who we are as fully mature, grown children of Christ? And this morning, if we know that, we ha- then we're going to live and we're going to walk as heirs of Jesus Christ. And we're going to receive all of those good things that he has for us. Um, we're very familiar with the story of the prodigal son. And I'm not going to dive into most of that this morning, um, for sake of time. But I want to, to want to pull out a couple things um, out of that story um, a little later on. We're familiar with the way the the prodigal son wanted the, the the part that fell to him of his inheritance. He took that. He went into a far country. He wasted it, and we and he finds himself in a very bad situation. With pigs, eating the scraps, eating the, the husks. And he finally came to himself and said, man, I, this isn't, this is, this is no life. How many servants of my father have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. And so we see here a difference between a servant, hired servant. So these weren't just, these were different even than like, Slaves. They were basically day laborers. They would work a day or maybe a week, and they were given a certain amount of money. Um, so he thought in his mind, "Let me go and see if I can get hired on as one of the hired servants at my dad's house or in my dad's business." So that was that was that was a smart move coming from where he, you know, in the situation that he found himself. Um, it was a good move. But the the amazing part to me through that whole story is the father didn't actually hire him on as one of the hired servants. Um, I kind of get the picture while the son was coming back to the father from the far country, wherever that was, however far away it was, he was rehearsing his speech, what he was going to say to his father. And... Uh, we see, I believe it's in Luke 21. Well, actually a little farther up, he was talking and he was saying verse 18, he said, you know, I'll rise. I'll go to my father. And this is what he's going to say. He's rehearsing the speech. And then in verse 21, we see that the, the son said to him, father, I have sinned against heaven. And before you, I am no, no longer worthy to be called your son. And the father interrupts him. He does not even get to finish his speech. Hallelujah. Because the father wasn't going to hear it. He had no no intention of hiring the heir back as a hired servant. He had no intention of bringing him back on. Um, A little bit of history. I think some of this to me as I was going through this, it reminded me of when I was growing up and I was working for my dad and me and my brother often talked about it. Like, you know, don't talk about hiring me. Don't talk about firing me. It was a little song we sang. I always was here. I never came here. Anyway, it was a song we sang because, you know, this was my, our dad's business and we were here, you know, um, I think we did good work. So, Um, you know, maybe if we were really bad, maybe we could have got fired, but, um, we were, we were, it was a family business. So of course we were going to work there. Um, it was just part of it. You know, sometimes people have asked me, Hey, you know, if if you wouldn't have done that, what else would you have wanted to do? I don't even know. It was just, of course I was going to work in the family business. It was just kind of, it was just expected. And it was really what I wanted to do at that time. Plus I got to start working a lot earlier then I would have legally been allowed to work if it was you know somebody else, um, maybe a regular company, so anyway, but I believe it was just an, a normal thing for us to work. but the interesting part is when I was really young, I worked for the same allowance as the rest of my siblings got, and until I was sixteen i didn 't really even get much of a paycheck but at the end of the day. Um, it was my dad's business, so I was working. And it didn't really even bother me that much because it was my dad's business. And my dad had hired people who worked and they got their pay, but it was my dad's business. So it it, it felt special, it felt, uh, it was an honor to work in that business and to prove myself as, you know, a hardworking young chap um, back in the day. So here we find ourselves here the the prodigal son he was desiring to be hired back and the and the father said in verse 22 he said to his servants he just interrupted his son and he said stop bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fatty calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate for this my son was dead and is alive. Again, he was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. We'll stop reading there. I believe that we, we we just see a beautiful picture of the heart of God. And I don't know where you find yourself this morning, but I believe that many times we, in our Christian lives, we can see mistakes we've made. We can see where we've messed up, maybe even sin that we have fallen into. Maybe we didn't go into a far country like this son did, but we can see where we messed it up. And we don't feel, just like the prodigal son, we don't feel worthy to come back to our father. And so because we don't feel worthy, maybe we stay in the pig pen that we find ourselves in. Maybe we stay in the sin Or maybe we just stay in our fear and our brokenness saying, well, I guess I messed it up. I don't know what to do, but I'm just going to stay here because I don't know what, what, what is the father's face going to look like if I come back to him? Is he going to have an angry face? Is he going to accept me back? Is he going to send me packing and say, get out of here. You're not worthy. You know, our worthiness is not really based on what we did. The son, if you really look at it, he wasn't worthy, but it was, but because he was actually a son, that is what made him worthy. And he did come in humility. He came to his father and he made a confession, but the father straightened it out and said, actually, you're my son and let's do these Three things. And I want to specifically look at those three things. Um, the first thing it says, the father said, bring quickly the best robe. So we have a best robe. Then we have a ring on his finger. Then we have shoes on his feet. And I'm sure, you know, there was a fatty calf there too. So better get the grill going maybe. Um, but it's interesting to me that this robe is a beautiful picture of the righteousness that God imputes to us as believers, did the son deserve to wear this robe? You know, um, I don't know. I'm guessing he looked pretty pretty grimy. I'm hoping maybe they cleaned him up before they put the robe on him. I don't know how that looked, but this robe is a picture of the righteousness that God gives to us as believers. So this morning, you might look at yourself and say, "I'm not worthy." But just remember, if you are a son, if you have given your life to Christ and you have been adopted into his family, then Jesus says, actually, because of the blood of Jesus, you are actually worthy and he wants to clothe you in his righteousness. So I didn't, I didn't get all crazy with the robe, but the other thing, the second thing that we see here is a ring on his hand and that shows authority. Ben, can you come up here? Back in the day, the ring signified, like basically, almost like a wallet or the bank account or everything that I have. And I'm going to give it to him. I think. <laughs> um, it's almost like here's the credit card, here's the bank statement, here's everything I own. You have it. With that ring, he could go and buy. He could go and sell. He could go do business. Um, I remember growing up, there was a hardware store that was a little kind of like a mom-pop type hardware store. And I would walk in there, and I would say, I mean, it didn't matter if it was $5 or seven, $800. I would say, yep, charge it to Denny's Lawn Furniture, which was my dad's business. And they'd, they'd just take out a file, and boom, done. Out I'd walk. And I guess my dad paid the bills because I was always allowed to do that. (laughs) But I didn't know what was going on, you know. I just was buying things for the business, and my dad trusted me. If I walked in there and told him, hey, so-and-so business, they wrote it down, and then they sent us a bill at the end of the month. And I believe that's how this is. That ring on his finger, it wasn't just something pretty to look at. It was authority. It gave him authority, and in his father's uh house and in the and with his father's estate it was like here's the credit card here's the bank statement have the wallet you got it all son and that's a beautiful picture again of what god has given us when we come to him whether we're in a far country or just had a rough week and there's doubts in our mind or there's some things that we're not sure how to handle and the last thing is shoes on his feet and if you look in the old testament Many times, when there was a transaction going on, um, if you remember Boaz and Ruth, uh, they removed their sandal or their shoe, and it, w- it was it meant something powerful. And it was like um, it, some people say it was like the the shoe of of, of sonship. I, I I think sometimes we get a picture with all of this. It's like well, he was you know there was a poor here was this poor dude coming home, and he had raggedy clothes on, and he didn't have any. You know, fancy stuff, so here's his ring on his finger, and oh, he was barefoot, so he needed shoes. But it was a lot bigger than that. It, all of those, all three of those things were, were, were items that showed that he was once again part of his dad's business. He was heir to all of this stuff. And, I, you know, I don't know exactly how it looked. He obviously wasted a bunch of what his dad had had. He took Part of his inheritance, and and you know he took the inheritance that belonged to him and went with it. So his dad was obviously poor because of it. But when he when he when this son comes back, his dad gives him the best robe, a robe of righteousness, a ring of authority, and and shoes of sonship. And it's just a beautiful picture of what God wants to give us when we come back. Um, Isaiah sixty one talks about how God. Wants to clothe us with a robe of righteousness, and that's a beautiful picture, uh, and what I'd love to for us to picture in this with the Son. <clears throat> you know, this morning everything can be right between you and Father God because of what Jesus did on the cross. It's not whether we had a good week, be- a-, a good week, <clears throat> or a bad week. We don't come into the house. Or coming, even coming to church this morning saying, well, I wonder if I'm worthy. Can I raise my hand this morning? Can I grab a mic and testify of God's goodness? That's not how it works. Because of Jesus, everything can be right between you and Jesus this morning. The Bible declares us to be worthy because of what Jesus has done. So I trust that the Holy Spirit can speak to us this morning and let us know that truth on a deeper level here we find ourselves this morning as sons and daughters not toddlers not little babies but full grown children and heirs of all these good things <clears throat> who's when you if you would stand up right now whose righteousness would you be standing in today If it's your own righteousness, we all know clearly from God's word that that righteousness is like filthy rags. It's something dirty. That righteousness is never going to be enough. But this morning, as we stand, it's going to be standing in his righteousness, being clothed with his robe of righteousness as sons and as daughters. Jesus has removed our iniquity. And he has clothed us with his righteousness. And we can now be in a place of right standing with him. And we can receive all of the things that he gives us as sons and as daughters. Not just employees. We're not just hired servants. We're sons and we're daughters of the Most High God. Your account has been balanced this morning. You know, as we look at being a son, yes, we still serve God, just like I still worked for my dad. But whether I, it was, I, I worked for my dad, I served my dad, but I was always a son. Um, we serve the Lord. Yes, we serve him, but we get to serve the Lord from, from the perspective or from the mentality of being a son and a daughter we're not serving to try to gain our sonship or being an heir we already are an heir second corinthians 5 says he god made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of god here we see that we have there has been an impartation He has imputed his righteousness into us. God imputed his righteousness to us. We had no righteousness of our own. We might have had something that kind of we thought looked good or we wanted to hold up and say, God, look at my goodness. Look at my righteousness. But he actually says, no, that's filthy rags. I want to give you, I want to impute righteousness to you. They say that's an accounting term. That it's it's something that he gives to you or imparts to you, his righteousness. And so all of us, we find ourselves with an account that is really, really messed up um, in the red in a huge, huge way. But when God imputes his righteousness to us, all of a sudden the account is whew, out of the red. and And we have all of these good things that he wants to give us as sons, as heirs. As sons, we serve the Lord, but just remember, we were adopted, and our dad is the one who owns the company. He is willing to meet with us anytime. We have access to so, so, so many things because our dad owns the business. He wants to remove our filthy garments of our own righteousness from us, and he wants to give us his garments of righteousness this morning. He is rich enough. He has, the, our father is not stingy. He is rich enough to pay the full penalty for our sin and even for maybe our wandering, maybe where we were going astray this week. He can pay for it through the blood of, of Jesus Christ. So this morning I want to encourage us to live like we're sons. We're sons because we serve. But we do serve. We're not sons because we serve, but we are, we do serve because we're sons. So don't go live in the pig pen this next week. Maybe you see yourself where you have been in a pig pen, maybe where you've wandered into a far country, where you've wandered into things that you know is not what your father would want you to be doing. Come back. The father is very, very, much wanting you to come back he's ready to go so far as to run and meet you as you turn it's a beautiful picture you know sometimes when we read these things in in the culture of that day for a grown man who owned an estate to go running i don't know what i don't i don't know what that would be like for us today but it was shameful. It's like, what in the world is that father doing? That, why is he doing that? You know, and he probably had his robes on and maybe had to hike them up and he goes running towards his son. You know, that's how Jesus is when when we turn. He runs towards us and meets us because he really, really wants us to be back in that place where we can be in the house. Not a day laborer who comes and works and then goes, but actually in our Father's house, living there, receiving all of the good things that He has for us to enjoy. Let's look at uh, John 15. Familiar verses again. Uh, John 15, probably just read 15 and 16. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and to, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should ab- abide. So that whatever you ask in the Father, whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give it to you. These things I command you. So that you will love one another. So here it says you're no longer servants, but friends. Um, or I think we could also say we're sons. We're no longer servants, but he 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 says it's not that you're a servant and you have no idea what the Father wants you to do. But as friends or as children, we're close with God and we know what He wants us to do. We can have communion with him. We can have a intimacy with God, our our Father. And it's through that that we can know what it is that he wants us to do. I think it's an important thing for us to understand this level of intimacy as sons and as daughters. And I believe that God wants to reveal it to each of us in a whole nother level. This has been a journey that I would say I've been on for a number of years, and God continues to reveal more and more to me of what it looks like to live and walk as a son. I don't know how many of you, when something goes sideways, when you find yourself doing something that you didn't want to do, maybe it was a response to your child that you, you got frustrated, you were angry, and you so easily can feel condemned. My encouragement to us this morning is when we feel that way, let's run to our Father and let's come to Him and be with Him and say, God, he, know, he already sees what we've done. He already sees the mess that we can make out of our lives. But let's not stay in those things, but rather let's come and let Him clothe us with His righteousness. We don't need to stay in those, in those places, in that darkness. Rather, His righteousness can be imputed to us. He sees our needs and he is working in our lives and he's going to make us more and more like Jesus. And I get excited about that. As full-grown children, as full-grown sons and daughters this morning, we have the privilege and the opportunity. We are heirs with Jesus Christ and all things that pertain to life and godliness belong to us. That's crazy. That blows my mind. That's way more than Ben have in my wallet this morning. It's a hundredfold, and even more than that, what has been given to us, all things that pertain to life and godliness. Sonship is a relationship. We have the opportunity to walk with God and be in our Father's house, in close proximity to the Father. And as we walk in that close proximity, we'll hear his voice and we'll know what it is that he wants us to do. Remember this morning, uh, Romans 2, it says that it is the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. So maybe this morning you're in a place where you need to repent. There's a place for that. The son did do some turning. He turned around and headed towards home. But it is the kindness of God that leads you to repentance. And this morning, as you, if you turn, and as you turn, the Father's face is towards you. Because you are a son. You are a daughter. And there is a loyalty there. He is delighting in you this morning. And I believe many times the enemy wants to speak a lot of lies into us, wants to condemn us, so that we don't turn. Go ahead and come. Come with that sin. Turn and come to the Father. He knows what to do with that dirt. He knows what to do with those stains. And he wants to clothe us in his righteousness. That one day, today we can stand faultless. And one day, at his coming, we will not have shame. We will be clothed in his righteousness. And we will be able to stand faultless before his throne. That blows my mind. Do I feel faultless each and every day? No, because guess what? I have faults and I don't always get it right. But because of Jesus Christ, I, and because of my, him adopting me and me being a son, I can actually walk in a way and where I'm faultless before him. As we wrap this up this morning, um, John 14, verse 8, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And these words, I trust that they'll speak to us this morning. Jesus said to Philip, have I been so long, have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Philip? or believe on account of the works themselves. So this morning, have you walked as a Christian? How many years? Um, if I think back, let me think. I believe I was, it's almost 31 years ago that I first gave my life to Christ as a young chap. And this morning, I believe God's heart to me is Have you walked with me this long and you still don't know the Father? You're still saying, show us the Father. There's still not a clear understanding of your sonship. There's still not a clear understanding of who the Father is and the face that the Father has. There's still not a clear understanding. Maybe you've walked for 10 years. Maybe you've walked for 20 years. Maybe it's 50 years. And maybe you still don't see how the Father actually sees you. Maybe you actually don't still understand your place as a son. I trust that we can allow the Holy Spirit to speak his truth to us and we can walk into who we are as sons. And from that place of sonship, I believe it's going to be a lot easier for us to do all of life Including being fathers. I trust this morning that. The Holy Spirit will re- reveal. The face of the father to you this morning. And as you turn. Or maybe you can't think of anything. You even need to turn from. But that you would just look. And look. At the face of the father. His eyes are towards you. And his face is looking at you and he wants to give you all the things that you as an heir in his kingdom they they belong to you let's pray father i come to you this morning lord and we just ask you god that you would take these truths and speak clearly to our hearts father thank you that we can boldly come we can turn and we can look at the face of our Father. Lord, it's nothing that we have done, but it is because of your righteousness, the imputed righteousness that you have imputed to each one of our accounts as believers. Lord, I pray that we would come as sons and daughters. Lord, I pray that you would reveal to us how you see us this morning, and I pray, God, that you would Show us our place as sons. Lord, help us to realize that you delight to pay our electric bill. You delight to clothe us in your righteousness. You delight to give us authority, and you delight in the legal agreement that we have as you put those shoes on our feet this morning. Lord, I pray that we would walk and run and live for you and serve you, yes, but not to try to gain sonship, but rather from a place that we already are sons and daughters of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, I pray you would reveal this to us this morning. I just pray, God, that you would have your way in this place, Father, thank you that we're no longer slaves to fear. We're no longer trying to just figure out. But as sons, there is a closeness that you desire for us to walk in. There is an intimacy that you desire for us to walk in. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to lead us into all things that you want us to do. And all things that you want us to walk in. And we don't need to be afraid we can come boldly and look at the Father because of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to encourage you, if, if you feel that God wants to do a deeper work in your heart, don't just leave here. Um, maybe you need to ask for some prayer maybe you need someone to pray over you that God can reveal who you are in Christ and that the scowling face that maybe you walk in most days that God could erase that and you could see actually the face of your loving father and that you would walk in your inheritance and you would walk as an heir